Hey, what's going on there, podcast community? This is Matthew Johnson, the host of Dementia in Black and White. I want to welcome you back to this week's episode, and today we are going to tackle a topic that I have just been dealing with, so did a little research and want to bring to you what I found. Why is it that people with dementia tend to get a sweet tooth all of a sudden? Let's talk about it today in this episode of Dementia in Black and White. All right, all right, all right. Let's go ahead and get it started today to talk about this topic that was kind of odd for me to see. My mother's appetite change. My mother is the person that I care for with dementia. And I mean, she just shuns healthy food. It, you know, I, it, of course, I used to do the same thing, but I'm actually right now happen to be in a phase of my life where I'm recognizing the value of healthy eating and, you know, trying to eat to live as opposed to live to eat type of thing. So I'm eating more salads, more fruits and vegetables and, you know, all of that. And of course I know the importance of it. So I'm trying to help my mother in that regard and feeding her healthy food. But I got to say, it really doesn't matter if it's a vegetable, if it's on the plate at the beginning of the meal, it is on the plate at the end of the meal and the other stuff, you know, if it's, uh, I don't know, fried or crispy or sweet for sure. Definitely. She'll go for that. If I, you know, cannot actually leave out donuts or snacks or even like peanut butter crackers, anything like that. And that stuff has a lot of sugar in it, by the way, most of that, um, prepackaged peanut butter cracker stuff. You think, Hey, well, that's just peanut butter cracker, but it's got sugar in it as well. And so a lot of the food manufacturers for the processed foods, they load a lot of that stuff up with sugar or some type of sugar, you know, either substitute or just some other form of glucose. And you start to look at the ingredients, you will see that. But so it has become a challenge in terms of being a caregiver for someone who craves what I have noticed, you know, sweets and more unhealthy foods in general. And so I wanted to just share with you what I have found about why that is. And then some tips and tricks for how to get around it. And this is an article that I found on alzheimers.net and it's titled how food cravings change with dementia by Alyssa Sauer, S A U E R. And so, of course, they talk about there's an increase in the cravings of sugary foods, which also, of course, can lead to an increase in weight gain. And then uh, Alyssa here in this article talks about that diabetes is sometimes referred to or Alzheimer's is sometimes referred to as a third type of diabetes, which I had not heard that before looking at this article. But, you know, it's just kind of as a. I don't know, catchphrase. I can see that that would make sense in that these, you know, eating these types of foods, of course, will 
cause you to perhaps develop type two diabetes. And then, of course, I'm thinking about in the black community where diabetes is already more prevalent and, um, you know, one of these kind of comorbidities that exists with people who develop dementia. It just kind of is linked. I can see how it would be linked together. And so she does talk about how the brain actually produces insulin, just like the pancreas. Um, And she says the amount of insulin produced in the brain drops as Alzheimer's progresses. So there is some chemical imbalance that is taking place. And so just want you to know as you are in the trenches and you are trying to take care of your loved one with this disease, there's a reason why some of these things are happening. And of course we all know the brain is deteriorating. And so it is likely that whatever it is you're dealing with, is going to be tied to, you know, something going on with the brain changing. And so if you have that, uh, she recommends some tips of things you can do to help address and manage these cravings. One on the list is to eat in a quiet and calm room with limited distractions so that your loved one can focus on eating, eating meals together will increase the likelihood that your loved one will eat a healthy mood, healthy meal that's provided pack in the protein. So milk, eggs, meat, you know, these types of things. And if, you know, of course that's not working, perhaps some protein powder, cut the food into small pieces to make eating easier, puree vegetables and add them to a shake. So that definitely is something that I have done and can tell you at Costco, not sponsored by Costco or anything, but just to let you know that uh, I had been getting, um, kind of these fruit smoothies from another place, a subscription place. Um, and they were a little expensive, seven, $8 a smoothie, but you can buy, it's a bag of eight and they're pre-packaged, you know, but it's frozen fruits and vegetables. It's not, you know, anything added any preservatives or anything. And there's kale, there's spinach. It's got strawberries and blackberries. Now I'm not about blackberries, but blueberries, And, you know, about eight fruits and vegetables. And I put some coconut water with that and that dropped that into the Ninja blender. And it's wonderful because it's there's enough sweetness to it. Just me drinking it. It doesn't taste super sweet or anything. But if you need to, if if your loved one isn't taking to that smoothie, of course, you might want to add a little bit of honey to it, but I don't need to do that for my mother. She loves those smoothies to try to start the morning with a smoothie. And I believe that bag of eight might be $14. So very cheap, uh, relatively speaking, you know, to the seven or $8, uh, certainly that you would pay at a smoothie bar, sometimes even in those other subscription things. And you can sometimes catch that on sale at Costco. They'll sometimes have it for $2 off of that price. But 
even at the full price, it is just good to keep those for me. Anyway, I keep those in the freezer. Anytime I'm getting close to running out, I'm going to get in two, three more bags of it because it is a wonderful way to just sneak in some smoothies or sneak in some vegetables. And, you know, of course, I can add more kale, more spinach if I have just some extra spinach laying around. So it's a way to get in at least a couple, three servings of fruits and vegetables first thing in the morning, usually. But even if it happens once or twice a day, that is really a good idea. So I would agree with that one wholeheartedly. And then it says strengthen the prefrontal prefrontal cortex, which is responsible for dietary self-restraint by avoiding alcohol, getting adequate sleep and exercising. Of course, these things, the first two, avoiding alcohol and getting adequate sleep eh, might be easier to do. Exercising might be a little more challenging, but I do try to get out and have my mom walk to the mailbox with me and do some little stuff around the house. Sometimes I'll have water bottles that, you know, have her do some aerobics with me. I've been trying to do a little more of that. Got a, some weights, dumbbells that I use and give her the water bottles to kind of lift. You can use cans of fruits or vegetables for lifting, doing some stretching, any of that stuff, at least according to this, will help strengthen the prefrontal cortex, which helps with dietary strength. And then this one, the final uh, item on the list, number seven, says at the end of life, allow them to indulge. And I really like that. I really like that. We can sometimes get to a point of we are doing whatever we're doing to help our loved one. And if that means, you know, making sure they're safe and secure by limiting their access to things and then making sure they're healthy by limiting their access to certain foods. Yeah, that certainly makes sense in the earlier stages of the disease. But do recognize that as this disease changes and as this individual gets closer to the end of life, you may want to release some of the restrictions. You may want to allow them to indulge in some of the things, even if those things, of course, might be a little harmful. But at that point, you're about enjoying their last days, really, not so much focusing on uh, you know, doing everything right and by the book. So just a quick review of what they have here listed for the three things. I'm sorry, the seven things eat in a calm and quiet room, eat meals together, pack in the protein, cut food into small pieces, puree vegetables, or for me, just a fruit smoothie and some coconut water real quick. Strengthen the prefrontal cortex by adequate sleep, avoiding alcohol and exercising. And then finally, if you're at the end of life, allow them to indulge. All right. Well, folks, that's it for this week's episode in terms of trying to better understand what's going on with your loved one as they develop what appears to be a sweet mouth versus a sweet tooth. There might be some reasons for that. And hopefully this helps you to address that issue. 
Thank you again for listening to this week's episode of Dementia in Black and White. Hopefully I'll see you back here again next week for another edition. Until next time, please continue to take care of your loved one. You absolutely need to do that. But also, and more importantly, take care of yourself. That's the number one thing that you need to do. I'm Matthew Johnson. I'm out.